0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution. We are talking about how the world is changing, of course, right before our very eyes. And of course, we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Politics, finance, and technology. And today, Man, we are going to talk about the biggest news in all three of those areas, politics, finance, and technology. Of course, those three things are interconnected, and that's where I like to focus. And so I got a big, 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 big show to talk about today. We are going to talk about the second largest cryptocurrency exchange blowing up and taking down everything in its wake. Let's just say everything. It's taking down the cryptocurrency industry. It's taking down the political industry. It's disrupting the finance industry. I mean, this is really, really, really big news. And I want to look at it from a couple of ways. I've already done two videos on my YouTube channel digging deep into this, where I've shown uh, on on the, you know, here on the, here when I'm just talking to you, I just have to kind of Talk to you verbally, and you kind of have to take my word for it. Uh, On YouTube, I like to bring what I call the receipts, and this is—I want the graphs, the headlines, the facts, the figures—to show you because, man, some of this stuff is unbelievable. But I want to talk to you today, and I want to dig in a little bit more in some way and and discuss some things that I haven't put out anywhere else. And so, I want to run through first of all, I want to explain to you how this all works, and it's super important that you understand this part. Because I've said some things on Twitter that have made a lot of people angry. And I said uh, that this might have been the last cryptocurrency bull run that we'll see again. And I said that because of regulations that will come. And people are like, oh, Mark, you you don't know. Like, they'll just go offshore. And regulators can't stop it. And I would agree with both of those things. However... If you don't understand how the market works, then you won't understand why regulations will put a, let's say, put the brakes on this thing. Now, I'm not saying it's going to go away. I'm not saying it's going to kill it. You can't stop innovation. I'm all for that. But if you don't understand how this works, then you won't understand the impact that it has. So anyway, I'm going to explain how this all works, how this got built up. All right. Then we're going to talk about um, you know, what they did, what FTX, what Sam Bankman freed, what Alameda did um, in, in, in ties with the, the regulators, the SEC, the CFTC, with the Democratic Party. Uh, we're going to talk about the ties they have with the globalists. Um, then I want to go into... Um, This massive backlash that's happening, what potentially these regulators may or may not do after it, Um, and then what's going to happen next. What other companies are at risk, at danger? Uh, What happens with the overall industry after this? And so much more. Um, Man, it's a big, (laughs) it's a big, ambitious goal to get through all this in a show. So I'm going to have to talk really fast that you're going to stick with me and you are not going to want to miss any of this. So let's just dig in. So um, I want to explain to you first how this works. Because like I said, all these people on Twitter, they're all mad at me today, because I said that we may see the last crypto bull run. So first off, let me just say right off the bat, I and, and if you if you if you tune into my shows regularly, you should already know this, but I'm gonna tell you anyway, as a disclaimer, I am a freedom maximalist. I don't know what political party I'm in. I'm a freedom maximus. I'm for the party that gives me more freedom and less government. I believe as an American, everything is free. I believe that we are in the land of the free. I believe in the country that my grandfather went to war defending. My father went to war defending. I believe we are free people and everything is free. The government does not give us freedoms, nor do they tell us what we're allowed to do. The government does make laws, which takes away our freedoms. But unless there's already a law there, then we are free. I am not for regulations. Um, I believe that we should have uh, as little as regulations as possible. So don't take this episode as I am asking for or I want regulations to happen. But as an investor. I believe that we invest in the world as it is, not as we want it to be, not as we think it should be, but as it is. So I'm not for regulations. I'm not for big government. I don't want this to happen, but this is what I see happening. Okay. So let me just, let me just, let me just preface that. Okay. Now that being said, let's dig into this story. Uh, by the, by this point, uh, you had to have seen it all over the internet. It's the largest story because it's the largest cryptocurrency exchange we're talking about over 10 billion, or really, the, the company was valued at 32 billion $32 billion. And it basically got eviscerated overnight. And when I say overnight over a couple of days, um, about eight days, probably from the time the story broke to the time it kind of got wrapped up, although, of course, the story's not wrapped up. And it's not a funny story. It's not a story to be taken lightly. billion were fraudulently taken away. And that's not just some numbers on the screen. That represents probably hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of families who might have had their entire life savings wiped out. So this is not funny. I don't take this lightly. I take this very seriously. Uh, so uh, I might be laughing about some of this because it's just so idiotic, but I, but I, I don't take this lightly uh, and I feel bad for anybody caught up in this. However, you know the saying, I don't lose. I either win or I learn. So if you've lost, take it as a lesson. Learn from this. And if you didn't lose, consider yourself lucky, but still learn from this and hopefully you can learn from other people's mistakes. All right. Um, and I'll also say uh, just now that I hope Um, Sam Bankman-Fried and everybody else involved in this pays for this, all right? We need real accountability. I'm afraid we may not get it. And of course, that's the state of the United States at this point. Uh, But let's talk about this. So how did this work? And like I said, this is the key piece to understand, first of all. So there's two companies. Now, now I'm going to explain FTX and Alameda, but this is the whole industry, okay? So there's two companies ftx which is an exchange an exchange is like a a broker so if you want to buy stocks of facebook or tesla or google or amazon or whatever it's not facebook anymore it's meta but if you want to buy any of those stocks you would need a brokerage account and that would be you know e-trade or charles schwab or interactive brokers or something like that okay so that's where you can go and buy and sell stuff you can exchange things. Okay, then that so FTX was an exchange. Then there was another company, a sister company called Alameda. And Alameda is what's known as a market maker. That means they make markets. That means that they artificially create demand and artificially create a price around that. All right. Now, some of you go might go, oh, Mark, that's uh, conspiratorial. Market makers uh, just provide liquidity. Yeah, they do. They do provide liquidity. But they also create artificial prices in this case. And so I'm going to explain how that works. All right, now I do want to point out that in the point of stocks, Amazon, Facebook, Tesla, etc., stocks are what we consider securities, equities, right? So when I buy a stock in a company, I'm actually buying equity. I'm actually an owner of that company and that security is, is the stock. All right. And what that also means is that those companies, in order to release that stock into the public, that I could buy those stock certificates or uh, they're not certificates anymore. Now it's just all digital, uh, but they're stocks. But in order for a company to do that, they have to file all types of paperwork. They have to meet all types of uh, requirements. They have to spend lots of money in lawyers and fees and, and, and things like that. Lots of due diligence they have to go through. And they have to you know, basically prove they're legitimate and they're not full of, they're not fraud. (laughs) Then the exchanges where you exchange those, the E-Trades, the Charles Schwab's, etc., TD Ameritrade's, those aren't just exchanges, those are brokerages that are licensed to allow you to buy and sell these securities. Now, all of that is meant to protect you. I'm not for the government imposing that. I think we should be able to protect ourselves, but this is the system, Okay the crypto space, what FTX and others are doing is completely opposite. FTX runs an exchange that does not sell securities, but that's a piece we're going to come back to. And because they're not selling licensed securities, then they're not licensed either, which is ripe for massive amounts of fraud. Now, I'm not saying we need government regulations for that, but I want to frame that up. But more importantly, I want to talk about how all this crypto space makes so much money and leads to fraud. So we're going to talk about that. Like I said, I got a lot, a big ambitious show to go through. You do not want to miss it. If you're just tuning in right now, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about this FTX blow up and what that means. I got a lot to cover. You don't want to miss it. So don't go away. All right, welcome back if you're just tuning in. Uh, you are listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about the FTX blow up. This is something I've been con- I've been covering extensively. Um, I've done two really really deep dive like 45 minute videos on my main YouTube channel Mark Moss. Very, very deep investigative journalism, so to speak, even though I wouldn't consider myself that. If you want to watch those super deep dives, you can go check it out. Just search Mark Moss on YouTube. Also, if you miss any part of the show, don't worry, I got your back. You can catch it on your favorite podcast player. Just search Mark Moss Show or check me out on YouTube um, on the Market Disruptors channel. You can watch and listen there. Um, And I've been putting out the playbook, but this story is going so fast. I've been putting this on the play-by-play on Twitter. So if you're not following me on Twitter, check that out, at one, just the number one Mark Moss, at one Mark Moss. So anyway, getting back to this. So there's two companies, Alameda and FTX. And so here's how it works. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read you directly from Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF. He's the founder of FTX and Alameda. And he actually explained exactly how it works in an interview on April 25th, 2022. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, since April, I originally read this to you back then, but I'm going to read it to you again here. So this is directly from his own mouth, okay? He says, uh, okay, the cryptocurrency world is split into two. This is not from him yet. But the cryptocurrency world is split into two different visions. One group of fundamentalists seen some coins, like Bitcoin, as unchanging static lines of code that can active stores of value. So that's Bitcoin. Bitcoin's over here. And then there's another group experimenting at an increasingly frantic pace with new ways to create money. All right. Bitcoin and crypto, they're not the same. Bitcoin is a static line of code that's a store of value. The other one is frantically trying to create money out of thin air. Okay, so now let's talk about this interview, and I'm gonna read directly quoting Stan Bankman-Fried. So here's how it works. You start with a company that builds a box, and in practice, this box, they probably dress it up to look like it's a life-changing, you know, world-altering protocol. So what he's saying is, you start with a box. So a company, that's the key piece, a company, remember that, a company builds a box, and they dress it up to look like it's a life-changing, world-altering protocol. So all these cryptocurrencies, they're protocols, right? They're software. They're going to change the world, which is exactly what he's saying. So they... (laughs) A company builds a box, and they they dress it up to look like it's a life-changing, world-altering protocol. Okay. Then it says uh, what it does, or it pretend it does literally nothing. It's just a box. I'm reading directly from him. So they create a company. uh, They create a box. They say it's a world-changing protocol, but the box does nothing. It's just a box. So what this protocol is, it's called Protocol X. It's a box. Now, you take a token, all right? and you can take ethereum you can put it in the box and then you take it back out of the box so you put money in and you take money out you start doing this to create activity that's me ad living here um, now i'm going to go back to quoting him quote it doesn't do anything but lets you put things in it if you so choose then this protocol issues a token we call it whatever call it x token and x token promises that anything cool that happens because of this box is going to ultimately be usable so And now let me add lib again here. So you create a a box, a company creates a box, and they say it's going to change the world. Then they start putting tokens in and out of the box, like Ethereum, in and out of the box. So there's like some activity. And then they create a token for this box. And this token promises that anything that happens that's cool with the box is going to be usable. Now, we don't know what that is. It's going to have utility, though, we promise. We don't know what the utility is, but don't worry, it's going to have utility. Okay, this is how it works. Quote, and of course, so far, we haven't exactly given a compelling reason for why there would ever be any proceeds from this box, but I don't know, you know, maybe there will be, end quote. Okay, quote, and then you say, all right, well, you've got this box and you've got X token. They're going to give them away for free to whoever uses the box end quote. So basically, you create this token, you create, create a bo- a company, you create a box, create a token, you pretend that there's stuff going in and out of the box, you're putting money in and out of the box to pretend there's something there. And then you create this token and you say, hey, anybody else that puts money in this box, will give you this token that we created out of thin air, and we're going to give it to you. All right. Um, if you use the box, quote, X token has some market cap, right? It's probably not zero. Let's say, you know, it's, 20 million market. At this point, the interviewer Matt says, wait, 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 wait. From like first principles, it should be zero. Sam Bankman fried says, "Uh, Sure, okay, completely reasonable comments. The interviewer Matt says, when you describe it, it sounds like it should be zero. Sam Bankman Freed says, quote, you might think that in like five minutes with the internet connection, you could create such a box and such a token. So Sam Bankman-Fried says, yeah, you might think it should be zero. and, And actually, it probably should be because I could create this in five minutes. If I had an internet connection, within five minutes, I could, quote, create such a box and such a token. It should be worth like $180. You know, that effort that you put into it. In the world that we're in, if you do this, everyone's going to be like, oh, box token. Maybe it's cool if you buy in box token, you know, that's going to appear on Twitter and it'll have a 20 million market cap. One thing that you could do is you could like make the float very low. There haven't been $20 million that have flowed into it yet, end quote. So he's saying, yeah, it should be worth nothing because all you need is an internet connection and I could make this in five minutes. That's what he said. But... Because you tell the world, oh, if you buy this box token, it's going to be worth so much money. And then he says there would be a very low float. So what does that mean? So a low float meaning you create, let's say, 100 million tokens. And of the 100 million, only a very small percentage are actually available to trade. So out of 100 million tokens, you take, I don't know, 5,000 of them, like almost nothing the rest get locked up of the 5000 you start trading. And through wash trading, that means I trade in and out by myself. So I sell it to my buddy, and they sell it to their buddy and their buddy and I buy it back and then it goes round and round and round. And because it's such a very thin amount, it's very easy for me to push the market cap or the valuation of a token that's very thinly traded up. Now the interviewer says, quote, it shouldn't have any market cap in theory. And Sam Bankman Fried says, quote, that's right. So it shouldn't have any value because they just made it up and it didn't cost any money. And all they had was a computer and internet and they did it. And we've artificially created it and it shouldn't have any value. And Sam Bankman-Fries says, quote, that's right. Continuing, quote, obviously already we're sort of hiding some of the magic impact, right? Some of the magic is in like, how do you get that market cap to start with? But you know, whatever. We're going to move on from that. (laughs) X tokens are being given out each day. All these like sophisticated firms are like, huh, that's interesting. Like, if the total amount of money in the box is $100 million, then it's going to yield $16 million this year in X tokens being given out for a 16% return. So what he's saying there, end quote, so what Sam Bankman-Fried is saying is, you're right, it shouldn't have any market cap. Uh, but we're hiding some of the magic. And he says, um, X tokens are being given out every day, and these sophisticated firms are like, huh, that's interesting. These sophisticated firms are the venture capitalist firms, and this is a key piece. So... Venture capitalists loves cryptocurrency because they can buy these fake imaginary tokens and instantly make, in this example, Sam Bankman-Fried quoted him, says they could make $16 million this year. So typically, venture capital has to lock up money for 7 to 10 years. And hopefully, if this company really changes the world, they'll make that money back. But with crypto, they can put it in and instantly make 5, 10, 20, 30 times on their money They loved it. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We are talking about the FTX fiasco, how it's melted down the cryptocurrency space, and I'm explaining how it works. i got to break all this down for you. I have a very ambitious show. I'm going to try and get through really quickly. Don't go away. I'm going to be right back. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the FTX fiasco. I'm explaining to you how it worked. It's a key piece. You have to understand how it worked to understand where this goes. and This is what most people misunderstand. I've been putting it out on Twitter and people don't understand because you can only get, you know, whatever, 200, whatever 280 characters, I think it is. Um, if you're not following me on Twitter and you want the play-by-play, you should. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at one, the number one, at number one, Mark Moss. Uh, anyway, so uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, I'm reading a, a quote directly from an interview here. He says that, uh, you know, these sophisticated firms, these venture capitalists are like, wait, so I can make all this money. And so that's the point that I want to make. This is how it works. You have a company. They artificially create a token. They say it's going to change the world, but really it does nothing. They start wash trading. They start moving money in and out of it to look like it has some activity. They they thinly trade it. They take a small percentage, and they artificially push the price up. Then when they've artificially pushed the price up and people artificially think there's actually some value there, then those people will want to buy it. So then um, they do that with Alameda and then they list the token on the exchange on FTX. And then everybody wants to trade that token because they think that token has some value because Alameda faked it. And then FTX makes all the money because you're buying and selling it. So as you trade it, they make money. So everybody's making money. And they dump it on you, and it's important to understand this key piece here. All right, we're going to come back to this um, towards the end when we start talking about the regulations and where I think the place, the space is going to go, and how it's going to affect things. So that's kind of how it worked. Alameda would create these tokens out of thin air, or they would actually uh, help create these tokens out of thin air, they would bring on companies, thousands of companies to create these box tokens, as Sam McFried says, Alameda would then artificially create a market around it, and then FTX would list it. So then you could buy and sell it and they could all make money off of you. All right, so that's how all of this worked. And that's how cryptocurrency works overall. Now, we can see that it wasn't just the venture capitalists that love this. Of course, as I said, the venture capitalists do absolutely love it uh, because everyone loves it. The the, the company that makes the box token loves it because they get cashed out huge. The venture capitalists love it because instead of having to lock up money for 7 to 10 years, they can instantly get 10, 20, 30, 50x on their money. The media loved it because they had something to talk about. The media also loved it because they got massive amounts of money in terms of advertising dollars. This is why you need to learn to manage your own money. You cannot trust financial news sources. You can't trust the finance magazines. You can't trust the Jim Cramers of the world on TV. You can't trust any of them because they're financially incentivized to sell you the stuff of their sponsors. Open up any of your financial magazines and look who's running ads in there. Those ads are going to dictate what that magazine can talk about. If the magazine talks about things the ads don't like, the advertisers won't advertise there. Same on TV. If TV talks bad about the people writing the checks, the people writing the checks won't write the checks. It's a horrible incentive system. Now, if you listen to me, I'm not incentivized to sell you any products. I'm just going to tell you the truth. All right. By the way, um, I try to do that on my YouTube channel. If you're not following my YouTube channel, you should just search Mark Moss on on YouTube. All right. Now, um, FTX has been paying lots and lots and lots of money to advertise. They don't pay me any money, but they pay lots of money. As a matter of fact, it says cryptocurrency exchange FTX spent tens of millions of dollars over the past couple of years on slick marketing efforts, including sports sponsorship deals and celebrity laden TV ads featuring Tom Brady and Larry David. Not tens of millions. That's wrong on national television, three major crypto companies spent $153 million on advertising this year through the end of October. So just this year to date, $153 million, that's more than triple the $46 million the three companies spent during all of last year. So just year to date, they've spent triple what they did for the entire last year. So The TV companies, the media companies, they need this money. And so they can't say anything critical about this. They can't turn down their money. They need it. The incentive structure is broken. We can see that before the implosion of FTX, crypto brands had begun to slow their spending as cryptocurrency valuations declined earlier this year and as scrutiny from regulators grew over some of the sector's marketing practices. Estimates from iSpot showed that crypto brands spent a paltry $3.5 million on TV ads from August through October. By comparison, the sector spent $84 million in February. So since the cryptocurrency markets have been crashing down since about May of this year, uh, companies have been spending less and less and less. In February, they spent $84 million, uh, but for the last three months, they've only spent 3.5. Now, part of that, I'm guessing, is because um, in February, it was the Super Bowl. And so, of course, they spent a bunch of money in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl was held February 13th, and it was lots of these crypto companies that were advertising there. 30-second um, ad time went for as much as $7 million, which is insane. Um, FTX's two crypto exchange, the Bahamas-based FTX Trading Limited and U.S.-based FTX, spent more than $220 million on sales and marketing last year. Up from 6 million in 2020. So you can understand really quickly how misaligned these are. Um, it's also going to be a big problem moving forward because it says here crypto companies signed roughly 70 new sports sponsorship deals last year, spending an estimated 200 million on the agreements. So, what about all these sports companies? What about these sponsorships? FTX had committed to spend more than 900 million on sponsorship as part of multi year deals. So they named the NBA's Miami Heat Stadium, the Um, FTX Arena, you know, Major League Baseball, um, and on and on and on. So what about all those companies? What are they going to do moving forward? That's going to be a big problem. It says here ad executive said it will be very hard for sports leagues to replace the cryptocurrency category. So now you understand why this crypto hype blew so big. And this is what people aren't understanding. um, When I put this out on Twitter. I said, look, I think these regulations are going to probably be the end of the crypto bull run. There probably won't be another cryptocurrency bull run. And the reason why I say that is because of regulations. And people say, oh, but, you know, it'll just move offshore. Yeah, it probably will. But if the media can't advertise it, if the venture capitalists can't put money in, there will be no hype. There will be no mania, hysteria over this. So. I'm not saying that government regulations are going to stop innovation. Certainly not. Of course, nothing will ever stop innovation. However, it can stop the mania if you can't advertise it. You can't put on, you know, name stadiums and, and all of those things. Okay, so let's keep digging into this a little bit. Let's talk about um, how bad this fraud was. All right. This is not just some innocent mistake. This was perpetrated. This was intentionally done, and it was intentionally done and perpetrated with the highest levels of governance and security and scrutiny in the world. Not just the United States, but the world. So let's dig into that. Now, uh, first of all, so FTX, the founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, Bankman-Fried. So... That name is hyphenated, Bankman and Freed. Why is it hyphenated? Well, that's because his parents, one Bankman and one Freed, are both, uh, let's say, known in their respective fields. So I guess he decided to take on both of their names and hyphenate. His parents weren't hyphenated, but he wanted to take on both of their names, I guess, because they're both accomplished. And they're both accomplished uh, professors in the legal space. His father, well, both of them write uh, policy guidance on things like tax policy. Uh, His father's written many influential papers on eliminating cash, which is something I'm not a fan of. Um, So they want to get rid of cash. They want to change the financial system. They want to enforce tax policy. That's who his parents are. They're also bundlers, which means they take in lots of money, large amounts of money and bundle them together and donate them to super PACs, which donate massive sums of money to political parties, in their case, the Democratic um, political party. But that's not all. We're actually barely scratching the surface of their government, global government ties. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're breaking down the FTX story for you here. I got a whole lot to go. Uh, Don't go away. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We are breaking down the FTX story for you, the second largest cryptocurrency exchange going down. And it is not a case of ignorance. It is not a case of a good guy getting it wrong. This is a case of fraud uh, at the highest level, at the government level, at the regulatory level, at the global governance level. It's a story that big. So we're just talking about that. So uh, the founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, his parents are are deep state connected, um, massive political donors. We talked about that. FTX is also a partner with the World Economic Forum, which of course, I've talked about extensively. Um, And that's not just a coincidence. His aunt also works for the World Economic Forum, also part of john Hopkins, which of course, was very instrumental in this whole pandemic 201, you know, where they did the pandemic test before the pandemic actually happened. So massive ties there. And of course, it doesn't surprise you then that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, and his brother are also heavily involved in the pandemic space, we'll call it that, um, both in pushing policy, raising money, and trying to enforce rules around pandemic response, including supposedly trying to save us, save the world from the next next pandemic. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried said that it's such a shame that he lost all his money because how are they going to stop the next pandemic now? That's what he said. Never mind the hundreds of thousands of families that you probably condemned to death by stealing their life savings. He wants to pretend like his goal was to stop the world, save the world from a pandemic. I mean, it's just insane anyway. Um, uh, so let's, so, so we have ties into the government through the democratic party. We have ties into the world economic forum. We also have ties into the Ukrainian government. And so when the Russia Ukraine situation broke out, um, The media, remember, the media is always at the center of this. The media thought that it would be important to get the support of the people. So they started running all these stories and we have to support the Ukrainian people and everybody put Ukrainian flags up all over the place. Um, And let's all donate our money for the Ukrainian people. And of course, they wanted to do that with cryptocurrencies. Now, how do we bundle all of these cryptocurrency donations together into one and give this cryptocurrency as money to Ukraine. Well, it would probably not surprise you. As I said, his parents are, in fact, bundlers. That's actually what they do. So FTX said, hey, we got a good idea, Ukraine. Why don't we partner up? We'll be the official cryptocurrency bundler for you. Uh, we'll go ahead and take all of that cryptocurrency for you, and then we'll give it to you. So FTX had to get in the middle of the Ukraine donations, uh, partner with the Ukraine government, Now, we don't know if there was any wrongdoing there. Um, We don't know how much of that they took or kept, if at all. Um, So I don't want to create allegations that I can't back up. Uh, But what I do know is that where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, What we do know, unequivocally, is that Sam Bankman-Fried is potentially one of the biggest scammers, defrauders um, that we've seen in decades since Bernie Madoff's time. We do know that. And so, well, this looks pretty shady. And given the fact that he's probably the largest scam artist alive right now, it would make sense that there was probably some improprietary there, right? I would just guess. But I don't have, I don't have hard facts about that. But we do know that he was involved doing what his parents do, which is, of course, bundling. There's also some other weird um, coincidences, we'll call them that here. Um, which is, uh, let's see, FTX just happened to be founded uh, right at the time that the Biden administration announced that they were going to run for president. Um, FTX was also the second largest donor for the Biden campaign. Um, FTX also, or Sam Bankman-Fried, also donated uh, over $40 million for the Democratic Party in the midterms. In elections like where John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz, $40 million to influence the elections. But it goes even worse than that. With this money, so, so, so walk through this for a second. So Sam Bankman-Fried with his two companies, Alameda and FTX, he he created a fake token and artificially gave it value with his own company by pumping and dumping it, by by pretending it had value, by wash trading it by himself. Then he created it, made it have value. So he created all this money out of thin air. Then he took that money that he counterfeited. Let's call it that. Uh, he took this money that he counterfeited and then used that money to go influence politics, the Biden administration, massively influence the um, midterm elections, and then buy off the regulators. The SEC. Giving money to the SEC, giving money to the CFTC, hiring all the people from the CFTC to come work for um, him. With money he counterfeited, then he went to go meet at the highest levels of government to then create policy, to create laws, to create regulations. And of course, these regulations that he is creating, using funds that he stole, will then benefit who? Well, of course, they're going to benefit him. That's the way it works. You take this money and you create regulations that protect you but prevent anybody else from coming in and coming after you and taking away your position. That's how it works. Now, there's lots of improprietary. Like I said, hundreds of thousands of families have lost their life savings over this. Probably people will take their lives over this. Um, To him, it's a couple numbers on a keyboard. Do you think the Democratic Party might give back any of the forty million that they took? Maybe the Democratic Party gives back some money to make these Americans whole. My guess is probably no. Will there be massive regulations coming down against this? Now we know that um, again, just a dot to connect. We don't know, but we, we do know is that Sam bankman frieds girlfriend, who ran the sister company Alameda, her father, um, Gary Ellison, was the SEC chief's boss at MIT. So the guy, Gary Gensler, who's the chair of the SEC, which is supposed to be the agency in the United States, that's supposed to keep you safe and make sure that you don't lose your money. That's their job. The Securities Exchange Commission is to protect consumers. That's their job. They didn't do a very good job. As a matter of fact, they missed potentially the biggest fraud and scam that we have seen in most of our lifetimes. They completely missed it. They didn't keep you safe. And it just so happens that he worked for the girl's dad. Hmm. That, you know, we, we can sit here and talk about coincidences all day, but sometimes it's just too much of a coincidence. And, you know, there's such a thing called conflict of interest. And typically what happens is in like a legal case or something like that, a judge or a lawyer or something like that might have to step down and they couldn't work on that because of, you know, supposed conflict of interest. Not because they did anything wrong, not because they would even do anything wrong, but they would do it just so there was no, uh, no thought, no, no, no doubt that there could be some imprietary. So, um, Sam Bankman-Fried's girlfriend who ran Alameda, the sister company, her father was the head of the SEC's boss. Sounds really bad. Sounds really, really bad. And then we have um, Sam Bankman-Fried donating all this money to the CFTC, which is the other regulatory body, donating tons of money to Maxine Waters, who's supposed to be in charge of this whole thing. And Maxine Waters is now... Basically trying to dodge all this. She said, quote, I don't want to get into that topic, end quote. Avoiding questions, saying, well, I don't want to get into that. As a matter of fact, both sides, Democrat Republicans have received donations. She said, thank you. No, 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 no. $40 million went to the Democrat Party. Now, maybe there was a few other Republicans in there. We don't know. We'll find all this out. Uh, If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show, we are talking about the FTX blow up, the cryptocurrency market meltdown and the fraud that happened because of that. So we are just getting into this story. As a matter of fact, I'll call this just part one, and I am going to continue into this story to talk about what's going to happen and where this goes in the future on part two. So if you want to join me, catch me on the podcast, just check out Mark Moss on your favorite podcast player check me out on YouTube as well. And that's what I got. Thanks for listening. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.